Thank you for downloading The Bitterest Pill. I'm trying out some new software today to record the show. And it's called uh, Hindenburg. Should I really be using software called Hindenburg to record an hour-long podcast that could die in a fiery uh, disaster? Uh, Hey, and welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's me, Dan Class. I'm in my garage. Under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Uh, how are you? I'm fine. I've been messing around. I'm going to be, I, I let, I always let, I'm always honest with you, right? I have been in my studio for so long, just kind of messing around, trying to pre- pretend to stream, uh, checking out software, checking, you know what I mean? You always, there's always 13 things to research or whatever. So I think I have successfully. Uh, been in here messing around long enough where I probably am I'm going to have to eat halfway through the show. So I really am trying out some software called Hindenburg. I don't even remember why other than what I was using. Uh, it was hard to see how loud the recording levels were. And uh, so I'm trying this one because I bought it for a dollar or something. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I have no idea. Okay, so now an hour ago when I made it, I had a little cheat sheet of what I wanted to... Oh, yeah, there you go. So hi, so this is uh, Dan. This is a podcast. I am recording on Saturday, the uh, 4th of March, 2017. And this... Uh, this weekend is the weekend that my college radio station has their annual... Uh, reunion slash banquet slash how do people have the money to f- go to Syracuse in the middle of the winter uh, just to get, you know, get drunk or whatever. I have n- n- no idea. So every year I don't go because every year I kind of can't rationalize spending the money to go. But but every year at the last moment, I get very excited about it and I try to follow what's going on over the Internet. You know what I mean? And this morning I stumbled upon a meeting of the Alumni Association being held somewhere in the Newhouse School of Public Communications. Ooh la la. And everyone's sitting around and, you know, they're kind of bolstering each other and everybody and somewhat, I mean, I only saw a couple seconds of it, but it felt like like semi-bemoaning the fate of radio because people are a little bit dismissive of radio in the wake of uh, new media. But then a very young woman says, yeah, but we're not just radio. We're radio and apps and this, this, this. And it dawns on me as she's saying that, that the live stream I'm watching is uh, vertical. Now, I, uh, we've talked about this before. Listen, if you're, you know, if you're taking pictures with your phone and you hold it vertically... I don't really care, but there's just some purest thing I will just never get over. Even now that we have Periscope and Periscope, totally vertical. I I don't care when you're rolling, when you're quote unquote recording or quote unquote filming or quote unquote videotaping, whatever you want to call it. And because I've given up on the the nomenclature, I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter. Call it, call it whatever you want. Call it cave drawings it doesn't matter to me as long as i know what you're but just hold the phone horizontally please i'm begging you there is no irony to watching people bemoan the fate of traditional media when 50 percent of the screen is the ceiling and the floor and uh, 50 percent of the time i can't see the person speaking and the person that they're speaking to in the same shot because the shot's too narrow. Please listen. Vertical is for soccer moms. Horizontal is for the rest of us, especially the rest of us if we graduated with degrees from a prestigious private school of mass communications. I'm begging you. Now, I did make the mistake of 
doing all this right after I woke up. And right after I wake up is not a good time for me to do much of anything. Because I can be, uh, can be, that's so cute. Like, like sometimes I'm not. I'm grumpy in the morning when I wake up. It just doesn't matter. Even if I had 24 hours of sleep, I would still be a pill uh, when I woke up. So I was trying desperately to not get too, but I did have to, uh, you know, comment on the stream. I'm sorry that I did that. But then I saw that the Alumni Association podcast had done an episode where they interviewed my good friend Tommy G. So Tommy G uh, was one of the producers of our radio show, in the, our morning radio show. When WJPZ in, in Syracuse, we've been over this. When WJPZ in Syracuse went FM, uh, they recruited a bunch of us to be the morning, the crazy morning crew. And one of our esteemed producers was Tommy G. So they did an interview on the Alumni Association podcast with Tommy G. So first, I see a link on Facebook that tells me that this is the case. And I go to the, I click the link, and the link takes me to the, associ, uh, the Alumni Association website. And it's on the website, it's the page on the website about the podcast. And so there's a big picture of Tommy G., and he's feeding a statue of a dinosaur or something, a honeydew melon. And underneath, it's probably got his name and everything. And then it has an audio player that you can click on. And it has a bunch of buttons. So if you want to share it, you know, if you want to share it on Facebook or uh, this or, or that or, or whatever, or with no E, just the R. You know what I mean? Like you can tweet it. You can uh, periscope. I don't know what you can do. You know what you can't do? You can't find a button on there to subscribe to the podcast. Which wouldn't have upset me that much because I had already talked myself off the ledge after becoming irrational about the vertical camera. But then I remembered a year or two ago going through this exact same process with my friend Chris Bungo, who was one of the other producers of the show. They did an interview with him. I went to the webpage. I saw that there was a player. And I thought to myself, hey, you know what I really should do is subscribe to this podcast, except there's no button. There's no button to subscribe and there's no button to go to iTunes. Now, listen, I know I can just go to iTunes and search WJPZ and then click search. But that is not the point. Again, graduates of a school of mass communications. The alumni podcast from a radio station where one of the members of the morning show, not to toot my own digital horn, might know a little something about podcasting. Has anyone ever asked me? No. Why, why would we ask Dan Class anything about podcasting? We'll, we'll listen, as long as there's a shared on Twitter button, that's a podcast. That's, if I, <laughs> so I listened to the episode with Tommy. It was uh, great. Tommy, because he's a good friend, because I'm kind of waiting, I have to admit, listen, if anyone is going to mention your humble narrator, humble narrator, your humble narrator, in this context, it's going to be Tommy G. And, and sure enough, Tommy G, bless him, says to the host, hey, you know, by the way, one of the members of the Crazy Morning Crew, blah, 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 one of the first people to podcast, you know, Dan Class, blah, blah, blah. And the host says, oh, really? So who is this guy? What's, what's the name of his show? And Tommy tells him, no, I don't expect this guy to know who I am. That, that's, no, no, no. But I love Tommy, but he managed to sum up my career in show business in such a way that it was actually more depressing than the way I usually do it. Because I... And maybe it's because I'm so, like, I'm, I, I finally have kind of taken stock of some of my actual <laughs> accomplishments over the last, you know, whatever, 25 years, 30, I don't know, whatever it is, right? But he says, um, well, you know, Dan, you know, he does a podcast, but, you know, he's a f struggling, uh, failing actor. It's not a lot of work, you know, but he's done, you know, what, he's done a couple parts and a little extra work and uh, blah, blah. But he's, uh, and then he kind of saved it by saying, well, he does a lot of, Tommy, I've never done extra work. I've never, I've never, I've been tempted to do extra work. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've never done extra work. 
I probably should have done extra work in commercials, but I've never, I've never done that. Please, I have such a, a tentative foothold in anything. You can't diminish the tiny crumbs that I have by, by cutting them in half. <laughs> but, um, yeah, whatever. If, if, if you have a pod, please, please, if you or your friend, everybody has a podcast now, and I get it. Everybody has a podcast. I get it. If you're going to have a podcast, please, put a, just a, like a little link, a little button, something on there. So if we find you, you minimize the work we have to do as your potential listener. Make the path from where I am now to your show as smooth as possible. No gates, no hoops, no nothing, just smooth sailing, right? That's all I ask for your, for your benefit, whoever you are, your friend or whatever. And speaking of the crazy morning crew, I had lunch the other day with uh, my celebrity friend, Father Dave Dwyer from Sirius FM, the Catholic channel. I don't know what they call. Is it just called the Catholic channel? But he's the host of the More Busted Halo show, which is Afternoon Drive on the Catholic channel. Channel number 3,473 on Sirius. No, it's like 187 or something. I don't know. I had lunch with him. Now, of course, because we're not millennials, uh, there are no selfies. There's no photographic evidence that we were together. There's no uh, photographic evidence of our food. Nothing like that. But why did I even bring up Father Dave? Uh, crazy morning crew. Oh, he said something. We were talking about podcasting, obviously. Um, he's a radio guy. He also does a podcast. He also encourages other um, priests, Catholic priests, to podcast their sermons. We were talking about that. I think that's an awesome idea. All people of the cloth should be podcasting. My gosh. And he made a statement, which kind of was a little scary and very prophetic, which was, nowadays, everybody has to podcast. You know, it's kind of like Snapchat. Now, my first reaction was a little irrational because my first reaction was, well, it's not anything like Snapchat. It's podcasting, and podcasting is a revered form of mass communications, whereby, and then I went, oh, wait, but uh, what he means is, oh, wow, he's so right. Yeah, podcasting has become, at least in certain circles, like, it feels like it's becoming something that people feel they have to do, like update their Facebook, which I guess is is good for those of us that are trying to help people podcast, teach podcasts. You know, all that, but it was just sort of like, wow. Interesting. Interesting. And I kept and I kept wondering if if George Orwell or Ray Bradbury or Vonnegut or one of those guys had ever written a book or a short story about a time way beyond or uh, way beyond um, Andy Warhol's time where you're not famous for 15 minutes. You're not even famous for 15 people. Everyone just sits alone in a little TV studio talking into a camera and no one is watching. Because that seems to be where we're headed and I should go into the camera retail business. Um, let's see if this software... Oh, okay. Oh, it does tell me how it's third. We've been talking for 14 minutes. Awesome. Okay. Set your watch. Uh, God, it's so funny. I've been talking for 13 minutes and it wasn't about what I thought I was going to talk about. So Jeff McCann, friend of the show, Jeff McCann, uh, friend of the show, and, you know, like I can uh, I mean, I don't know everybody that listens to the show, but there is a group of people whom I feel like I know, even though a lot of us have never met. You know what I mean? The, the people that write me often and that I write back or they write me often and, and forgive me for not writing back as I forget to write back. Like I, I saw a guy today and was like, hey, I sent you an email. I was like, oh, my God, that was three months ago. Like, that's not me being a too cool to write you back. That's me being a, a scatterbrain and not having a good system for managing that. So, 
but you know, like a lot of the patrons, I feel like I know, and and just a lot of people that. I mean, obviously, the people that I've met met, and then some people that I just feel like we've just met, quote unquote, online so many times. So, so Jeff is a friend through the show, Jeff McCann. Okay, and Jeff and I um, were chit chatting, text chat chitting on uh, line recently. Oh, that's what it was. I had mentioned online that I was having computer trouble. Now, so I had my laptop, and then I started calling that laptop Crasher because it kept crashing. And I've mentioned this to you before. So my laptop, Crasher, would not stop crashing in the summertime. And, it, you know, the crashing became more and more consistent and more and more frequent and more and more, right, that it just got to the point I, I gave up. And I started using a computer that my wife got from her old work or something. There was a MacBook Pro. It was a little bit of a downgrade, but it didn't crash. Okay. So then I used not Crasher all through the summer, the fall, the winter. But then slowly over time, and I don't even know what year. I mean, this could be like a circa 2009 computer, I think, you know. So slowly, it starts to, I mean, it feels like it's slowing down. It's getting very loud. Suddenly, the Wi-Fi isn't working. And then somewhere in there, in a kind of a sleepy stupor, I dropped it a little bit. Now, dropping a computer, even a little bit, not so good. But I was getting, I was very tired. Maybe I'd even been asleep, and it was on the coffee table. And our, our awesome security measure, because there's a lot of crime in L.A., uh, we keep, should I even tell you this? Yeah, are you gonna, you're not going to come rob me, right? We keep our laptops under the sofas. So people that come in to uh, come to the window or the door or whatever to case the joint, they don't, right? They can't look in and see laptops. So whenever we're leaving, we try to shove the laptops under the sofas. Or, or just put them away. So I think what I did one night is I woke up and I wasn't really awake and the laptop was on the coffee table and I shut it and with one hand tried to lift it and put it under the sofa and between the lifting part and the sofa part let go. And it landed on the hinge somehow, on the butt of it and didn't really hurt any of the computer part, you know, the like, processing thing, the, the tool part, but it really messed up the hinge somehow. And then several months later, my daughter, Tulu, and I were here in the studio recording something. Oh, she was, uh, she had to sing a song for an audition thing that I was recording. And, and um, we got done, and then I wanted to take the laptop into the house and I don't know, honestly, I would, I would tell you, you would, you know, I would just say, listen, don't tell Melissa, but this is what I, like, I have no idea what I did. I destroyed the computer. Somehow I, the way I picked it up or the way I closed it, or I had adjusted the height or the, I, I don't, I don't know what I did, but I practically ripped the screen off the part that's not the screen. So the frame around the screen has popped off on the bottom. You know where it says MacBook Pro? That's just like a semicircle. So there's a frame around the monitor that's all part of this big hinge unit. It's broken. It's broken. If you want to use this laptop now, you have to prop the screen up on a, you know, like a flower pot or a vase or something full of a lot. It's got to be something heavy. So I was in despair. I'm making a very short story, a very long story, by the way. What I'm going to tell you actually has nothing to do with any of this. Other than to say, uh, I had put kind of an SOS out and said, where can I get a cheap computer because crashers, you know what I mean? Or something like that. But anyway, Jeff McCann wrote me and said, hey, Dan, this problem you're having sounds like a problem I was having. And this is what I did. And it seems to have worked. Because what was wrong with Crasher was uh, it, Crasher needs a new video card. But to put in a new video card, you have to just buy a whole 
I don't know if this, it's the motherboard. I, you have to basically replace everything inside the computer that I haven't already replaced, like the RAM and the battery. So I was trying to figure out if it was worth $300 to do this. And Jeff wrote me and said, well, listen, there's this free software. Try that and see what happens. So I thought there are two graphics cards in the computer. And I thought it was one of them. But it was actually the other. And I'd actually tried the software before and had been doing it wrong. And he said, no, no, no. It could be the other one, the internal thing. I don't know what it is. But anyway, so it Crasher is working. It does crash occasionally, but it's very rare. Now, I'm only using one graphics processor, so God only knows if I can uh, stream with this POS or what. I have to get a new computer soon because they're all dying. So I don't remember how Jeff and I got on this topic. But we were talking about biohacking. You know what I mean? And our diets, what we eat, what we don't eat for brain clarity. Okay? Because, listen, we are very uh, modern men. Okay? We are trying to maximize our brain capacity, brain focus, we're trying to be mindful. We're trying to be, right? You're trying to do all those things because we're modern men. And so he said, I've been drinking bulletproof coffee. Dan, have you ever tried bulletproof coffee? And I say to him, because I knew exactly what he was talking about because I'm that hip. Actually, I'm an idiot, and I don't know anything, except I do, I had a vague idea what Bulletproof Coffee was because I listened to podcasts. So, Bulletproof Coffee, and I don't have the guy's name because you know me, I'm too busy in here singing into GarageBand before the show instead of researching the topics that I'm going to discuss. But there's this guy, maybe his name is Asprey, question mark, who has this stuff. He's the Bulletproof executive, and he sells Bulletproof coffee and the makings for Bulletproof coffee and blah, blah, blah. And the idea is that you take this super organic, perfectly rinsed and processed super coffee, okay? You mix in with it. Now, if you don't know what I'm going to say, this is going to sound a little gross, but bear with me. What it sounds to me like about a half a stick of butter. Now, this cannot be any kind of butter. It has to be super organic, grass-fed, buy it from Asprey, super butter. Or some weird stuff called ghee or ghee or something that uh, apparently they use in India. I've never heard of it. They do, listen, we, <laughs> if they do things in India that I can't vouch for. You know, so the fact that they're like, oh, they do that in India. That is not, no offense if you're Indian. You know what I mean? And um, something else. Or maybe, it no, maybe it's actually, and that's some super something. Something that he has and it's in a bottle and I don't know. So I said to Jeff, no, I've never tried Bulletproof coffee. One of the reasons is uh, it sounds gross. Another reason is it sounds super gross. See, I love coffee, but I drink my coffee black or black with a little sweetener, but no... No milk, no sugar, or excuse me, no milk, no cream, no half and half, no low fat latte, none of nothing. Never had a cappuccino, never have had a latte, don't want them. I have had black coffee, I've had decaf coffee, I've had espresso, and I'm fine. Now, listen, I don't think you're a baby. Or any kind of lesser of a man, if you're a man. Or lesser of a real woman, if you put a lot of milk and cream and sugar and cream and cocoa butter and nuts and whipped cream and everything on your coffee. You just, well, you are less. But you're, it's not that you're less, it's that I'm more. How's that? 
right? It's not that, it, that you putting all that stuff in your coffee makes you less of a person. Me not doing it. Exactly. <laughs> I just don't like milk. I just don't like milk. You know why I don't like milk. I don't like milk because when I was a kid, when I was, uh, you know, 10, we moved to England. In the 70s, in the early 1970s, I'm an old man. I know you should see my skin. It's disgusting. In the early 70s, we moved to England from America. I, I don't know if you know this, but I am American. And at our house, you know, in the 70s, well, even in America, you still could get milk delivered. And in England, maybe still in America, I don't remember. In America, when we left America... We've talked about this before, I'm sorry, but I want to, it's so weird that I have to tell you. Because, because nowadays, ooh, let's, let's compare something. This is, oh, this is interesting. You know how nowadays everything's a subscription service? You know what I mean? Like no one buys their own razors anymore. No one buys their own shirts anymore. People get, have a subscription. They even have subscriptions for things. It's just like, listen, just fill a box with stuff and send it to me. Just random stuff. Just, can I please get something physical in the mail, for God's sake? But, but that's a big thing now, is subscription things. Well, when I was a kid, in, at the time that I'm talking about, we would have um, milk delivered. Milk, and sometimes, because this is upstate, this is Rochester, New York. We had, was it Charlie's Chips? That would deliver huge tin containers of Chocolate chip cookies and or pretzels, maybe? High voice question. But when I was a kid, for a short period of time there, right before we moved to England, somebody had the idea to deliver the milk in plastic bags. So you would have at your house a special plastic, a hard plastic pitcher, okay? You know. But the milkman would deliver the milk into your milk box. It was like a, like a styrofoam cooler, but with like a stainless steel thing around it or aluminum box around it. He'd put the baggies, <laughs> these like gallon sacks of milk in there. And then you'd come out, you'd get your sacks of milk, put them in the refrigerator. And then when you wanted to drink some milk, you'd take one of the sacks, you'd put it into the pitcher, you'd snip off the corner and then pour the milk using the pitcher handle into your glass. How gross. The only thing to make it more gross was then we moved to England, and then we had them deliver the milk, and in England they still delivered milk in those cute little glass bottles with um, a foil cap on it. And the birds would come and peck at the foil cap and open the cap and then stick their effing beak in the cap and drink the effing milk until they couldn't reach it anymore. And then they'd fly away. Then my mother would come out and go, oh, the birds, like, it was funny. And then bring the milk in the house and put it in the refrigerator and try to give it to my sister and me. So there's no way I'm putting milk in my coffee. I eat cereal dry. I eat frozen yogurt. I drink black coffee. Just so we're clear. So I'm talking to Jeff McCann, and he says, but Dan, listen. I've been doing this bulletproof coffee thing. It gives me such mental clarity, because that's what it's supposed to do. It's this biohacking thing that this guy worked out. It's supposed to give you mental clarity. You know what I need? Mental clarity. I have a lot of thoughts. And a lot of ideas. And sometimes my ideas are boss. And that's upsetting to me. And I want to be the boss of my ideas and not the other way around. So I said, tell me more about this bulletproof butter coffee. So Jeff McCann assures me that, first of all, you do not need to buy $20 a pound, super gourmet, organic, from the guy, coffee. Now, this is his theory. Mr. Asprey, I know you're never going to hear this. I'm just saying. So, he said, Jeff says, uh, I'm just saying what Jeff said, okay? I, I know about defamation. Jeff 
claimed, so I'm put it all on him. Uh, you don't need the special coffee. You don't even need special butter. He said, just get unsalted butter. Now, I have unsalted butter. We bake here. I have unsalted butter. My wife has coffee. The caffeine is part of it. We have caffeine coffee. So Jeff says, all you got to do now is get some coconut oil. Go to Trader Joe's and get coconut oil. And if you want, get the stuff that's strained because it doesn't smell as coconutty. And then you put this much of this and this much of this in some coffee. You, you uh, blend it. And then it tastes like a cafe au lait or a latte or whatever. And I figure I have put more disgusting sounding things into my body in the name of mental clarity with all my like food needs and all that stuff, right? Trying to keep the blood sugar even. So drinking something that tastes like, a, a, you know, a latte, a cafe latte, uh, I mean, how bad could that be, right? Oh, and, and cream, heavy cream. Okay, so coffee, butter, heavy whipping cream, and coconut oil. So I go to Trader Joe's, and I find the coconut oil, and he was right. It is in a jar that looks like a mayonnaise jar, and the coconut oil looks like mayo. And I got the heavy cream, and I got a bunch of almonds. And I bought the almonds because I like almonds. And I went home and I brewed some coffee. No, that's not true. I went home and Melissa brewed some coffee. And I was being a little cagey about the, the bullet coffee, right? But she knew what I was talking about because her former boss uh, had been drinking it which piqued my interest. And that was a while ago. Maybe that's how I even heard of it. I don't know. So, so she made some coffee for herself and I said, make me some extra. And she said, no problem. <clears throat> but being a gentleman, I let her serve herself some coffee first. And then something went wrong with her coffee. But I don't remember what. But there was some, I don't know what happened. I think maybe she put in too much creamer. So she poured a little of her coffee out to kind of get the levels right, right? And I think she even said to me, you know, I did this. Do you mind if I level off my thing? And I said, no, 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 don't worry. I'll work it out. Don't worry about it. I'll work it out because I'm, you know, we're, we're trying to be nicer to each other. So I pour the coffee I love coffee. It's just so, it smells so good. I pour the coffee into the cup. I And I get out one of our nice fancy wedding cups. It's a, just a big cup, beautiful Italian uh, thing. You'd think it was ugly, but I love it. It's not fancy. Did I say it was fancy? It's not fancy. It's a chicken cup. I think I took a picture. Oh, yeah. I'll, you can go to, the, go to the website and look at the picture. So I pour in the coffee into the blender, okay? No, no, no. I pour the coffee into a cup to measure the amount of the cup, right? Seemed like a smart thing to do. And then I pour the coffee into the blender. Then I get out my tablespoon and my knife. I cut off some butter. Seems like a lot of butter, but I'm going, it's going to taste like, right? Like a latte. So I put in the butter. I put in the heavy cream. And then I'm going to put in the coconut oil. Now at room temperature, coconut oil. See, I think of oil as liquid. Right? And then I think of things like peanut butter, let's say. How, like, how would you describe peanut butter? Like as a peanut, well, as a butter, I guess that's, that is a term we use, butter, okay. As like a soft butter or a, almost like a paste or something. Paste? I guess. I, I really, I, I wish I had given this enough thought. I cannot begin to describe to you what coconut oil, if you've never dealt with it at room temperature, is like. It's weird. Because it's solid. 
and it kind of wants to stay solid as you're trying to scoop it. Now, apparently it doesn't take much to melt it, or it's not really melting at that point, is it? It's just, I guess that's melting. Um, but to get it out of the jar, you have to, like, scrape it. Like, it's, I don't know what, warm shaved ice or something? Weird. It's weird. Because you really feel like you're putting a horrible beauty product into your blender. You know what I mean? Because it has the consistency of something that you would use to turn into lip balm. So, but I put that in there. I put the top on the thing and I blend away. And blenders are awesome because it blends the thing, right? No matter what you put, it blends. Can, will it blend? Yes, it will blend. So I do. I end up with this very lush, foamy, silky looking coffee drink. And I think to myself, you know, Dan, maybe you have not been living your life because you've been to Starbucks. Starbucks is crowded all the time. Right now, go to Starbucks. It's crowded. I told you they just opened a Starbucks in the grocery store I go to, in the grocery store I go to, so people don't have to walk to the other side of the parking lot to go to the freestanding Starbucks. Right? And what most people are getting in there are probably cappuccinos and lattes. So, Dan, maybe it's time for you to live and live with mental clarity, biohacked mental clarity. So I pour it into the cup. It looks great. I want to be like Jeff and really live. So I, I get out this cocoa powder that I have and I sprinkle a little on the top. I don't really know how to do that. Not really a barista. So I kind of made a mess. You'll see in the pictures. and it, It's not that great. But I took a picture because I'm trying to be young. Young people take pictures of their food. I assume even when they make it themselves. And I take a sip. And you know what? It is kind of creamy. Because, you know, there's cream in it. And it's not bad. And I think, you know, I, I bet I could get used to this. This is, you know, this whole coffee with something in it thing. It's not really warm enough anymore. Should have heated up the old carafe of the blender. So I, I put it into a cup that I can microwave put it in the microwave, I heat it up, I take it out of the microwave, I take it out of the cup I can microwave, I put it back in my chicken cup. And I go into the living room, but I'm trying not to make a big deal out of this uh, because that's what I do. I like to, uh, for some reason, I'm compelled to do things in secrecy in front of my family. I don't know why. Because the things I'm doing in secrecy, uh, they wouldn't really care about. I just don't want to say them out loud because it sounds too ridiculous to say out loud. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it was, I mean, I feel like I did a great job of actually admitting to Melissa I'm making butter beer or uh, butter coffee. Because I really would have loved to just have avoided the whole thing and, and drank it and gotten my mental clarity. And then during the mental clarity, see, then I can have the conversation about how I just drink uh, coffee with butter in it. So I sit on the sofa, and I'm enjoying my uh, bulletproof beer. Bullet, I keep saying beer. I'm so sorry. I don't drink beer. Bulletproof coffee. Coffee, coffee. It's coffee. I want mental See, this is why I need mental clarity. Coffee. So the girls are watching TV my uh, daughter is a TV addict. My fault. She uh, just binges all day and night. It's bad. Thank God she dances. She would be a blob. So I think they're watching White Collar. Fun show. I'm drinking my latte. It's hot. It's too hot. I made it too hot. I burned my mouth. I squeal like a, a, a child. 
I blow. I try to simmer down. I think I was then setting it down, fold a little laundry, take a little sip, fold a little. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, really, is what I'm doing. I, I want to know how much of this I have to drink uh, before the mental clarity kicks in. And what happens, at least what happened for me, is a certain amount of mental clarity kicks in. Now, it's not superhuman uh, mental clarity, but it is enough mental clarity to realize, what are you doing? You're drinking coffee with butter in it. So I'm struggling now to choke down the rest of this butter coffee, and I keep calling it butter coffee, but you know what? It's butter, cream, and oil coffee. Butter, cream, and oil coffee. So I can't I can't, I, I'm just like, listen, uh, I can't finish it. This is, I can't do it. I can't, I give up. I drank a lot of it and I give up. So Jeff McCann and I had been Facebook chatting back and forth. And I said to Jeff, I, I, I drank most of it. It's not that great. And, uh, now I don't think I told Jeff at the time, because at a certain point, I wanted to just see how it went, and then I was going to fill him in. But this is how it went. I felt like crap for the rest of the night. Now, I drank it at like four in the afternoon or so, five in the afternoon. And I felt for the rest of the night like someone that drank a cup of hot fat. Now, it did curb my appetite. I'll tell you that much. Drinking hot fat will do it. But I, did, I, did, I felt like Chandler had convinced me to do the horrible prank. And all I wanted to do was not have mental clarity while feeling like crap. So I swore to myself that I was not, definitely not going to have any the next day. Because that was just, uh, you know what I mean? It just, that's the sound of it. That's the only description is uh, like that. Now, the next day, I had to go to a karate seminar, a kid's karate seminar, and teach with all the adults, the little kids. And in the morning, I'm thinking about how much I hate Bulletproof Coffee. And I'm a little, I'm not mad at Jeff. I'm disappointed that this, once again, wasn't something slightly unnerving that I could just do and model through and achieve superhuman strength. Right? Later that afternoon, I don't remember what I was doing. Maybe it was even the evening. We were sitting and we were watching the Oscars. And I realized that I was in a really good mood. And I realized that um, my mind had been fairly clear all evening. I was getting along with everyone. I was able to take on a task and... Just kind of focus on it, but not focus too much on it. I was really functional, really functional. It was like I was in complete control of my faculties. Now, which isn't to say I was a ninja, but I would just mean just sometimes I have trouble going, you know what I should do is I should go fix that thing. And then I just go and fix it like that can get tricky because I have too many ideas. But then I, I started thinking backwards. I was like, yeah, you know what? I was also in a good mood uh, when Melissa was making the pizza and I was doing such and such. And then I was actually kind of in a good mood uh, then. And I was kind of, you know, like really kind of in the moment. 
When I was hanging out with my friends from the dojo after the karate seminar and having coffee and chit-chatting, like I wasn't ahead of myself trying to get home. I was just there. And then when it was a time to leave, I went home. And then when I was home, I was home. It was like, yeah, I'm home. And then when I was home and I had to do something, I would do it. And even at the seminar, I had a blast working with those kids. It was so much fun. I had the greatest day. Oh, no. Did I have a great Sunday? Because on Saturday, I drank the oil coffee. Oh, no. Do I have to drink oil coffee? Now, the one thing Jeff had told me, because I did think, I, I think I sort of vaguely mentioned that I wasn't feeling superb. <laughs> and he said smartly, well, how much, co- <laughs> how much coffee did you use? And I said, I I don't know. Like, that would be an important thing to know. I don't know. Because he gave me very specific amounts, measurements, for the other ingredients. And I used however much coffee was left over that fit in my cup. So basically, based on the amount of the other stuff I put in, I used about half the amount of coffee that Jeff would have recommended. Which might explain why it felt like a a, a hot cup of fat. It wasn't until Monday or Tuesday, after marveling at the incredible results of drinking butter oil coffee that I made a couple of realizations about my focus and mood on Sunday. Number one, it's good for your attitude and your focus and your mood to start the day by getting some exercise, like at a karate seminar. And number two, it's very good for your mental outlook, your focus and your attitude to spend time with friends like you do when you go out and have coffee with your friends and your grandmaster after the karate ceremony, or uh, karate uh, d- uh, thing, whatever it is. What was it called? Seminar? Number three, very good for your outlook and your overall mental health to plan ahead and actually watch something on television live with the rest of the country that you want to watch, like the Oscars, Instead of not planning ahead like usual and then deciding to make dinner as usual and then spending the entire Oscar ceremony in the kitchen, cutting the fat off of raw chicken, right? And number four, very good for your outlook, your mental, right, whatever, your je ne sais quoi, when your psychopharmacologist uh, raises your Zoloft dose by uh, an additional 50%. I had forgotten that little fact when I was assessing the success of my Bulletproof coffee. Maybe I was in a good mood Because of my medication. Because I had spent several days off of one. Because the doctor went out of town uh, 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 without warning anyone, me. And I, I was out of one of the two for several days. Back on it Saturday or Sunday. And then on Friday, when I go, went to get, go get the prescription, that person upped my dose of the other... It's just, listen, whatever. I should still just, uh, you know, go to a karate seminar every morning. 
as part of my mindfulness routine. But I think my real takeaway is this. If you want the benefits of bulletproof coffee, but you don't want to drink bulletproof coffee, have a cup of coffee and do what you should do, make a salad dressing out of the other ingredients. All right, that is the bitterest pill for today. Uh, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. I thought I was going to get a show out this week and uh, turned into uh, the last possible second. So sorry about that. I hope you're well. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for downloading. And of course, uh, thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. If you want to support the show financially, go to patreon.com. Pretty sure it's patreon.com slash class. I don't know. All the patrons make the show possible. Patrons like Megan, Peter Chase, Justin Long, Jim Cariotis, Mike Hamilton, the song ended, uh-oh, Jeff Short, Rob Usedon, Dave Jackson, Dave Jackson, uh, Harold Flores, Tom Carroll, David and Gerard, Chris Class, and of course, Scott Mercer. We'll be uh, back again next week, of course. Hey, if you want to uh, know when the shows come out, get a little heads up, join the mailing list. Go to thebitterspill.com, sign up for the mailing list, uh, and you will get an email, maybe even the moment the show comes out. Let's set it up that way, shall we? I don't think it's set up that way now. Let's uh, do that. Anyway, thanks for listening. I, I will talk to you next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to next week the sleep study on the bitterest pill music from today's show was theme from penguins on parade by lee rosevear the bitterest pill is produced by jacket media makers of fine podcasts since 2004 that's 